0: Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, L.L. Pivorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the official Easter edition of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, as is Easter tradition all over the globe, we will do the jigsaw final four. Um, we all know that people sit over Easter dinner asking them awful "would you rather" questions that involve throw up and boogers and maybe even sex with one another's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a jigsaw controversy in one of the matchups uh, brought to light by a listener that I will have to sort of litigate with Mike right here on the par- on the uh, on the podcast. Um, We will revisit the Ship of Theseus discussion, an actual Brian Colangelo and Jerry Colangelo sighting um, from the mailbag, and a guy that is passionate that Tobias Harris is not overpaid. Um, Before we get going, I want to wish a happy birthday to Dan. Um, We got an email from Jamie, who was a friend of his. She says, I was wondering if you could give a birthday shout out for friend Dan. I don't even know how to say this, B-H-A-U-M-I-K. They oh, there we go, it. Yeah, yeah, he There's a right pronunciation
1: there. guide right there.
0: Immediately after. It was on a different line. Uh, Dan Baumeck, it, he, he is 29 on April 19th. He will be spending it at home. People say, unfortunately, we'll be spending in quarantine. I think the reason is unfortunate. But really, there's never been a better time in the history of man to be... Sitting at home with the access to every album every TV show and every movie at your fingertips
1: for sure uh, I would I would quibble with every TV show Uh trial and error is still somehow not available on any of the platforms um, Really? Oh, yeah ridiculous um, It's when like the studio and the network don't aren't owned by the same thing and they just can't agree like the same parent company They can't agree on uh, terms one of those and stuff. things yeah. um, And I think that's why Nobody really watched the show because it wasn't available um, but I would also say, uh, you say this about New Year's a lot, but like you know, there's there's expectations for your birthday. You got to make it mm-hmm. like a whole thing, especially when you're still in your 20s. Like, you know, this is a nice excuse to be like, ah, sorry, didn't do anything.
0: Yep, can't go out. What a treat. <laughs> yep, can't have can't have birthday dinner with eight friends that only sort of know each other. Yeah, um, that break off into separate conversations. Okay,
1: dinner. well, we should do a Zoom or something. Oh, I'm my internet. Um, <laughs> is, but <laughs> well, thank you. Damn. No, seriously, just Vic like Venmo me or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, well, happy birthday, Dan. Uh, introduced Jamie to the pod, so happy birthday. Um, and right after we start, right after the intro music, um, uh, I have a, a birthday story to tell. So, without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. <laughs> Welcome to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose brother is celebrating a birthday today. That is Mike Levin. That's right. Uh, Puff that Andy. According, yeah, that according to uh, LL. So I wanted to mention, so LL tweeted that it was Puff Andy's birthday today. Do you know how old Puff Andy is? He's probably like three years younger than me, right? Forty-ish. Uh,
1: how old am I? He's I think he's 41. Okay. Um, so, and we, we've said before
0: that I uh, went to college with Puff Andy and worked at the same college radio station with Puff Andy. But I don't think we've ever mentioned why I call him Puff Andy. I, I don't think we've ever told that story. So I worked at this Syracuse radio station, a college radio station called Z89, WJPZ in Syracuse. It is pretty well known because we have some good alumni, but also because it is always been format it just sounds like a regular radio station it doesn't sound like a college station aside from the college kids on it it sounds like a normal top 40 radio station so uh, I was there um, and I was a senior I believe when Andy was a freshman and for the first time ever they had a non-student hosting the morning show it was this guy named uh, Paul Sibilia, and he worked at a local radio station and he went by the name Little Pauly so they had, and I don't think they were paying him or anything. I don't know how it worked. But little Pauly only had freshmen working for him on the morning show. And he would host the morning show every day. Um, and these freshmen got this fucking attitude, like they fucking owned the world because they were on the morning show, which was, of course, the highest position at the radio station. One of those morning show people was your brother, Andy. That's right. Who, who went by the name on the air as Puff Andy. Mm-hmm. Now to give, con- now, give context to this, this was 1998 uh, or seven or something like that. So mm-hmm. it was right in the middle of the bad boy era, whereas Puff Daddy was very popular. And Andy was friends with this other guy, and I don't remember his on-air name. I know his off-air name, his real name was Josh. He mm-hmm. went by like,
1: uh, I remember Josh. Sh- I don't remember his uh, personal It
0: was like one, like I. It was like one big name. Um, Crash could have been Crash or you. something like that. And they were like buddies. It was Crash and Puff Andy, and your brother was a shithead freshman. And like that's mostly what I remember from Andy. <laughs> is that he worked on this morning show and he acted like you fucking owned the place, um, but I guess the 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 short story is he was named Puff Andy because Puff Daddy was popular at the time, and that was his on-air name.
1: The Fielding story he Andy tells about you is the is the exact opposite. At least, <laughs> at <the time>. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little a little tyrant a uh, uh, upstate New York radio station. Bullying I, freshmen who just want to uh, learn their craft. Uh,
0: the tyrant part, totally true. Bullying freshmen, totally true. But isn't that what you're supposed to do? I think that's <laughs> sort of the role of the, the senior at the college radio station is to, you know, look, you were supposed to start doing overnight. They started doing mornings. They got fucking full of themselves. And look. One guy does a fucking lawyer job now and the other guy's still on the radio. So I don't know what was the best way to do <laughs> it. That, <that's> <laughs> One guy has a real job and the other guy has a make-pretend job um, like mine. So, uh, so happy birthday, Puff Andy. 41, we think. Um, and... I I also wanted to, uh, as we, I I had a a question for you if you wanted to do something because I saw no no dunks was doing it. So I was going to start off with the uh, Jorge Gutierrez recommendation corner because I took a Chris Ryan recommendation that he gave us and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Um, A show called Zero 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 on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much the most Chris Ryan show you could ever watch. Um, It's about the drug trade. It is has a, a, a score by Mogwai, so it sounds like Nine Inch Nails the entire time. Three-quarters of it is in Spanish and Italian, and there's fucking a lot of death in it, a lot of death. But I really enjoyed it. Um, but I Saw No Dunks was doing like a, hey, everybody watch the same movie, and then we'll talk about it on the next pod sort of thing. Do you have any interest in watching something whether it's a show or a movie or listening to an album and telling everyone to listen to it and then we discuss it in a following pod
1: uh, I would do I would do album I don't know how much uh, there's only I don't love talk I there's only so many people I love talking about like TV and movies with and I think got it you know not that sort of do, like just sort of like sports. Like yeah.
0: I don't. Yeah, you know. Like yeah. I don't it, talking sports with regular people who aren't like way in deep is. You know, you get ten seconds in, and you're like, oh god. Yeah, you, you gotta don't go. Know anything.
1: Can't you know? do it. But I do. I would do a music thing. I would. I, I would broaden my music horizons.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. Maybe like maybe we all like who knows how long does this go? this could go through the entire off season. Like you could suggest an album, I could suggest one and then we could take listener suggestions and yeah. uh and then we talk about it. That would be fun. Well, I think nice that would time. be fun. Yeah. All right, we'll do that. Um and I recommend 000 if you if you like that sort of thing, like it is right. Chris Ryan only likes one kind of thing it seems like it's exactly like this so i enjoyed it um have you have you consumed anything this week i you, have you we watched it?
1: a we watched a show it's only six episodes on netflix called feel good um mm-hmm. it's about this What's it about uh it's a six episode like dark comedy about like drug addiction and, uh that the stand-up comedian has and she's queer and she lives mm-hmm. in she's canada she's canadian but she lives in the uk and super interesting there's some like really like great moments and some where I was like, I don't know, but it was like there's those six episode uh like very true like true to the person that's creating them stories are always interesting mm-hmm. because it's not always like perfectly uh you know, structured and written and everything, but there's like there feels like a real level of authenticity and it was really funny, um and, and different. Um so I would recommend Feel Good on Netflix.
0: Feel good on Netflix, cool. Um uh, and the other thing I wanted to, and we can make they, they sponsored it before the uh, the uh, Apple Podcast five star uh, review, of which was always brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Get nine point one percent off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. They're killing me right now with the so with this extra time on you know the extra time just sitting at home, which is not that much extra time for me to be quite honest with you. I just sat at home anyway. Um, it's not a great time to like like shop all the time, but I just find myself looking at buying stuff and Kinetic has been fucking deadly. They had these New Balance like 420 sneakers and New Balance, Ben from Kinetic is actually uh, vegan. So he won't wear leather shoes, which is where I'm at now. And these New Balances are fucking awesome and they're only 420 pair. um, And they sold out right away and Kinetic got some, but I had to really talk myself out of getting them. I, I wouldn't have talked myself out if I didn't know they would sell out right away to support that.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Oh, the um, uh, I also want to add, obviously yep. Perfect Harmony is all on Hulu. I keep forgetting to yep. say that. I keep writing these little notes and I'm like, say the fucking thing. And also, uh, I don't know when the cast, I've been waiting to announce what show I'm working for, uh, writing for until like a casting piece is announced. But I don't know when that, if that'll happen in like many months because it'd be weird to announce casting for a show that has... No current ability to uh, shoot the actors, so, um, yeah. so I don't know. If enough people tell me they're watching Perfect Harmony, or just ask, then I'll. The well, next podcast I'll announce what show I'm on.
0: Wow, that would be exciting. Yeah, why not? I, did, I don't. I don't think I knew it was a new show. It is I a didn't, new show. I, oh, con- congratulations! Yeah, um, awesome. Um, well, and to wrap it up, the. uh you should on your first day back to work. You should get the Vans Slip On Pro Club Gear wow. from Kinetic Skateboarding. We yeah, only cool.
1: sell things now. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna do like a, <laughs> see if there's any candles that we can invest in and just sell on the podcast and, and make it like a sort audio QVC style thing.
0: Okay, yeah, might, might, might as well as long as it's a local local advertisement. Sure, uh, yeah. Um, so I was thinking, what would so we are at two thousand six hundred sixty one five star ratings. Once, once the world gets back, it will be harder to do the three thousand um, <laughs> podcast.
1: I hope, if, I hope nobody does ratings now. If, if the people that are going to send in ratings, please hold it until after the quarantine. Spike's trying to get this off when he has nothing else to do. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that that should even be allowed. Look,
0: when we get to three thousand, I will read all the reviews again. Uh, I did it for one thousand and two thousand. It's horrible. I would love to get it out. Um, now, so if you could just leave us a five star rating, if you want to do it without a review, that's fine too. That will get us there. So um, we will uh, we'll start reading the reviews on there. So before we get to the mailbag and the um, and the jigsaw final four, uh, I wanted to start it off. So I, we got an email from a, uh, a listener named Uriah, and it was a very nice email because he said that listening to the pod. Um, Really, like, influenced him to write, and now he started writing, and now he's writing for the fan-sided Sixers account, and the uh, the first article came out this week. And so, congratulations to Uriah, and I'm glad that our dumb. I like that uh, listening to us makes people think, "Hey, anybody can do this," which is a, a both a compliment. Yeah, and people say that about
1: me a lot about everything I've yeah. ever done.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought it was a, a an interesting thought starter in that. He, he wrote that Joel Embiid doesn't have an identity yet in, as to, like, what kind of player he is, which I thought was interesting. Just to read a short piece for it, he said, his perception is that he has to be a Swiss Army knife. In his Player Tribune piece, uh, Embiid laments that he cannot peg himself as a typical big man the way most NBA traditionalists like Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal suggest. Uh, Embiid explains, if I'm going to win a, a title, i got to be a little Dream and a little Iverson and a little bit of Kobe. He said, to be fair, Embiid started playing basketball when he was 15 while he was kicking soccer balls and serving volleyballs in Cameroon as current peers were playing AAU ball before they even hit puberty. And now, while attempting to play catch-up, he's emulating almost every NBA star under the sun. It's like he's playing every game on the casino floor with hopes of winning at every table. Hmm. And unless you're LeBron, it doesn't work that way. Um, I I thought that was interesting in that, like, we do see a little bit of everything from Embiid. Like Mm -hmm. he does try to be the take off the dribble guy, the three-pointing shooting guy, the bully guy, all that. Do you think he has to lean into a specific identity of what specific kind of player he is to become the best version of himself?
1: I think Embiid's interesting in that you can look at James Harden and see, and Steph Curry, and see how good he is. And even like, Maybe not you, but even Jokic, you can see, like, wow, that level of passing and stuff. Defense is interesting. The reason Embiid is is as good as he is is because of defense. Um, And it's not that he is a Gobert-style block everything. It is that he's just incredible positioning, incredible at helping, incredible at, like, communicating where his defenders are supposed to be. The players just don't – you know, his his block rate as a rookie was so high – because they were challenging him and now guys just like don't challenge him there was a I, I don't have any of the specifics right now but there was a there was a stat I, I think it might have been Matt Moore that was talking about it. I'm not sure that uh, like the percentage of field goal attempts not the field goal percentage but the precision, percentage of field goal attempts at the rim went down when Embiid was on the court more significantly than anyone else in the league they're just not shooting shots at the rim which are the easiest right. shots to make when Embiid's on the court, um, and that's incredible. He is like just like supernatural at at those at at defense because he especially you know you see, you see him a lot of times this season when he was you know playing at seventy percent or whatever. That he wasn't really doing the I'm gonna guard a guard a uh, quick guy out on the perimeter and stay with him. He was sort of occasionally laying off there, but. He still is just an excellent defender and allowed Brett's like drop coverage stuff to work. Offensively, he, you know, he stretches the floor because he has to. He talks about it a lot. He doesn't love shooting threes and is only doing it to provide spacing and allow Simmons to operate a little bit and whatever. Um, I wish he would just do it and not not have to complain about shooting threes because every other big man in history would have have loved to shoot threes, um, but fine. And it's really, it really is the amount that his skill in offense is, is getting fouled and mm-hmm. um, being physical enough to get the line. He has incredible touch inside. Uh, he's got incredible touch in the, in the mid-range. Um, the identity to me is like a combination of physicality and intensity or, and uh, intelligence. And without that level of um, athleticism that we saw as a rookie and, and at mm-hmm. Kansas, um, I think that's probably what it's gonna have to be like a like a more Basically like a more versatile shack um, That can do a little bit more but that that to me is is the identity, but I I, I see a lot of times I think it's a really poignant um, Observation and, and, and thing to say that he doesn't have an identity because and he's taking it from other people and just kind of like borrow things from other uh, superstars in that sometimes I'm watching him beat on offense, and I'm like, "What is this?" Like, he gets bailed out by a lot of foul calls. It's he's yeah. smart, but he does get bailed out a lot. And there are some shots where he's just, as I've talked about a lot, like very reluctant to just make the easy pass, and instead tries to force something up. So I would just like to just tighten things up. I don't think he has to do any more. He's still incredibly agile and a good ball handler for a big man, and has the euro step and all. Um, I would just like him to pick his spots more and obviously become a, a, continue to become a more consistent three-point shooter.
0: The Right Siriki Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the official realtor of the podcast. That is podcast. That is Adam Kasebi, the uh, process realtor. I'm thinking maybe I won't do it this time, but next time we do a spot from him, I think we have to call him live and see if the number that he gives is his actual cell <laughs> phone.
1: It's a, a secret test for all of our sponsors. <laughs> like How much do you really want help? it?
0: Yeah, how much do you really want it? Um, hey, look, uh, these are certainly uncertain times, um, but there are ways that... So Adam focuses on uh, Delaware Beach real estate, um, but there are ways right now to actually take what is happening now and make it so you can save money by refinancing your home because interest rates are, are so low. Um, actually, our friend Jason Lipschitz from uh, Billboard was mentioning that he and his... Um, uh, I don't think he's married. I think it's his girlfriend. I don't think they're married, but they own a home um, and they just refinance. So if you want help with that, uh, reach out to Kasebi. He is like, he's not a mortgage lender, but he can help you with that stuff. He can give you advice. He can tell you um, the rate that you should get, if the rate that you have right now is worth refinancing. 302 864 8643 or 302 864 8643. Or look, there are a lot of people right now who are quarantined in their home and they're looking to get out of big cities um having a place in lewis or rehoboth or something like that where it is quiet and away from everything is uh you know every time i go into the city for work i get this intense like anxiety because of all the people around and all the buildings and obviously that's why in highly populated uh, densely populated areas it's tough look go just Go get yourself a fucking beach house. Never been a better time to buy one, um, and in Delaware, so um, you know. And interest rates are good. So if you if you want to buy, and he'll he'll show you, like you know, you can have a, a no touch experience. He'll do it over um, <laughs> what's it called uh, you know FaceTime or whatever. Uh, he's your guy. So it is. Um, you know, if it is your shore house, if it's your actual house, whatever it is, Kasebe is your guy. Go to processrealtor.com. That is processrealtor.com or call or text Adam, 302 864 8643. 302 864 8643. Call him right now. See if it's right on his person. Uh, my guess is it is, and he'll answer it right away. You know, just ask him what he's doing, ask him uh, how, his, how his life at home is. Um, Once again, that is Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of The Process. Back to the Ricky. How about you? Yeah, so I I think it's, that, and that's why I brought it up, an interesting thought. A couple of things. Uh, I agree in that, given his uh, physical makeup right now, the best thing for him to do is to, like, sort of overpower people. But the one thing that he's going to have to, and it always comes back to this, that is a, a physical toll. And he's not the size of Shaq or mm-hmm. the strength of Shaq, even though he is big and he is strong. I, you know, he has to both get stronger and, um, and then work on his, um, his cardiovascular, um, You know, uh, fitness because that is a a hard thing to do over and over and over again. And it's what I do think it's a little bit of an excuse, but the 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 hardened uh, excuse of um, you know, like he gets beat up and he has such a high usage all year long. Part of that is getting fouled and getting hit, and nobody getting fouled is great because it gets you to the line, but it does mean that you get hit every time. Mm -hmm. So. If if that is going to be it, his fitness has to be a number one. But I I think the the thing that is most apt about this is just because you can do everything doesn't mean that that is your defining trait. And even LeBron, who can do anything, I would say that his defining trait is like half court court vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and being able to make passes and see things that nobody else can. I think that's probably his defining thing. And then he discovered everything around it, and that the the thing with Embiid is it's great that he can do all of those things, but those things have to come up when they decide to take the other thing away, and and that like when a player is great, it's what really happens is either they have one thing that is totally unstoppable, or they have one thing that they can stop, but if you try to stop me, I'm going to do this other thing that I'm good enough at that it's going to fuck you up anyway. And, like, that is what has to happen with Embiid. And I agree with you that the, though I'm not Mr. Post guy, and I don't think anybody is, I do think that that part of his game, both the post play and face up from 15 feet away, um, I actually think, like, the prime position for Embiid is uh, receives the pass 15 feet away and can face up or back down you know 14 15 feet away because his his mid-range jumper which is the Patrick Ewing side of him mm-hmm. is really 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 good um and it is just good enough to where um like a pump fake one dribble can get him in the lane and fouled and i think would open him up a lot he's it's funny like he doesn't have a ton of low post move he doesn't really have a go to low post move no. and I, I i really think like the um his copying other players reminds me of radio a little bit. I remember when I first started doing it, there were, there were two guys that I copied, this guy Golden Boy from Power 99 and this guy uh, Cousin Ed from 94 uh, WISP. And I liked them the most, so I started copying them. And after years of doing it, I started to discover who I was, and then I do think it is an apt point that if you didn't really discover basketball until your mid-teens, you might be still in the process of playing like everybody you idolized until you figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, but I, I do I agree with you, like wholeheartedly, that the get fouled low post guy is the the number one guy. I would just I I think I would say that the. It's probably a little more the get the ball fifteen feet out and decide whether you want to face up or low post. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like the. I liked it when he uses his quickness and like change of pace in the post, whereas I think a little too often this season. Now his turnover rate has gone down every season. Um, it's been the same as last year, but from from the first for the first few years when his turnover rate was very high, it's gone down. It's down to thirteen percent, which is fine. Um, but I would like his assist percentage to be a little bit up. Um, when he does those, you know, if it's the, I'm going to take my time, he's going to do the the swim through move. Um, he's going to do the like pump fake and go get a guy up when he does the, just like back down a guy for like eight dribbles, whether it's, you know, I'm imagining it being Marcus hole right now that allows like smart defenses to come over. Like it's gotta be just like more quick decisions or if he's going to catch it, catch it low or have somebody like like seal somebody, put him on your hip. I'd rather him do the, do a face up thing. I've talked about this before. So he can pass out of it. And I know a lot okay. of people are going to say like, well, they don't have enough shooters. Like they, if he had more shooters, then he would be more willing to pass out of it. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. Think about his assists. When JJ was here, a lot of those assists were just off the dribble handoff where Embiid can just like set the screen and JJ can create what he wants to. I I do think that like, he, we've seen a lot of impressive passes from Embiid, but I think the next level of his game is picking his spots enough to where the defense doesn't just come collapse on him wherever he is because they're afraid he's going to find the open shooter. And so when right. he has more room to operate, when he has more time to operate, he can make the decision to, to go and, and have less resistance with him
0: yeah I, I I think it's it was something that we we've ever we've never actually talked about so I thought it was a uh, a good thing to bring up and, I also, and I, I'd also
1: add sorry I know, I know he's only played 44 games this year um, which maybe that's it but his he's up to thirty four point eight percent from three on um, mm-hmm. per 36 minutes It's four point four attempts per 36 minutes which is in line with the rest of his career. He's been between four and four point five all, all of his career and obviously we'd like that to go up um, especially if he's sharing the court with Simmons. Um, but thirty four point eight
0: is good. It's great. It's good enough. It's great,
1: yeah. and he's yeah. shooting uh, two years in a row he's above eighty percent from the line. You cannot imagine. I mean, you could. You can do the math. But it's how. What a gen. What like a nice uh, safety net it is that your best player also shoots really well from the line. Um, yeah. Because how many? How many? Shaq was obviously it's a different era and stuff. But how many points did Shaq leave on the board because he just couldn't shoot foul shots? And Embiid has like beautiful touch. And aside from like, I mean, he would, he, I think Embiid's going to hit 85%. I, I think it, in an AU uh, he was He was 80 column. this year, right?
0: He was 81, that... 81.4. Okay. Um, yep.
1: I think he's going to get to 85 at some point and just decide to. Um, but he's really, you know, that's that matters. And I think the, the touch is real. I think hopefully we see, you know, how, what a nice treat it would be if Embiid shot over 40% from three one year. Like what, how, how much would that change everything? Um, so I, I, I think the I think the shot is obviously we we know the shot is real. It's just a matter of for me having better shot selection and better like uh times he's he's willing to like decide to put the team on his back and decide to just go get a bucket or get fouled or whatever it is. That doesn't involve, you know, eight dribbles and allowing a double team or two to come over.
0: And for perspective, per per thirty-six, the thigh ball this year was thirty-five point two percent from three um and four point six, so it it basically makes them similar effectiveness. And a bead is a giant and a center, um, which I think makes it more important. So y- you say forty, but I, you know, with as many as he shoots and as many as he's going to have to shoot, and the position that he shoots them because they're not always open, like they're not like off the catch threes. It doesn't seem like a or not all of them are. Um, I think thirty honestly he's he's a, a click away he's he's 37 percent. oh is, I'm, I mean I'm happy I
1: with what it is we like what yeah. a, like, if they really if he really starts to feel it for a season and there's the shots is going in at a pretty good rate um mm-hmm. then that then you know guys just can't stay with him like he's people yeah. are scared to play against him because he's so big but if if he all of a sudden is like really really reliable from out there change the whole ecosystem
0: I agree. The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the Colony Meadery. Everyone's sitting at home, doesn't have anywhere to go, drinking alcohol, mead, one of those alcohols. Um, good news from the Colony Meadery, Mike. Um, starting this week, they finally have uh, online ordering with curbside pickup for the Colony Meadery. Ooh. So, which is great because uh, it, it's funny when we had Greg on. He mentioned that they ship to 35 states. Unfortunately, two of those states are New Jersey and Delaware, which, being right next to Pennsylvania, is kind of a bummer. Um, but you can order online and just pick up um, right outside at Colony Meadery. So you can—they are open three days: um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday two to seven, two to seven, eleven to four. And you can either order online or you can call them at eight five five six three two three six six nine the day that you want to pick up and order ahead. So And they
1: ship to uh, PA as well.
0: They do ship to PA, yes. They so absolutely was, ship so, to PA.
1: So I was uh on a Zoom call with my friends yesterday, uh mm-hmm. who live in PA and uh I heard that and I didn't know this. I am so surprised that my dad didn't tell me, but you all the all the like booze stores are Shut down, in PA? No,
0: no. Okay, so I mean delivery straight to you.
1: No, um, I'm saying, I'm saying. Oh, oh in PA? Yes. So, yeah. which is which has always been like I know that you know this, but now living in having went, gone to college in New York and having lived in California, like we have just beer and wine and whatever at our grocery stores, and the idea that you have to go to like a specific store for that is always is it well, was always insane to me, and now it's even more insane to me.
0: So can I make it even more insane to you? Please, so please. let me let me clear up because that's not totally true. So in PA now, you can get beer and wine at a grocery store. And and you every like beer distributor is open and you can get beer at like... You carry out six packs at restaurants. The, the PA wine and spirit stores, which are, you know, run by the state or whatever, they have no beer there, but they do have wine and every other kind of alcohol. Hmm. So... Oddly, the PA Wine and Spirit stores are closed. And the liquor stores in Jersey are open, by the way. Liquor stores in Delaware are open. But you can't, like,
1: apparently they're checking that you can't, like, drive them over state lines and stuff.
0: Yeah, specifically in Delaware, they were being... um, uh, But in PA also, and as I mentioned last time, if it is a, like, independently owned distillery, like the one I went to in in South Philly, they're open. It's just the state Hmm. stores that are closed. So
1: it's... Anyway... Yeah. I, either i'm misin- i'm both misinformed because i it's sort of how i always am and <laughs> my friends are and yep. i was like hey you know what's open and would ship colony meadery so absolutely I'm, yeah I'm, I'm i'm hawking the product
0: yeah you should i mean yeah you can get a Colony meadery had uh, two longtime ricky listeners reach out this week marty uh marty teller asked me which flavors i like best and uh Uh, who's the other guy that reached out uh, that ordered Wu-Tang Cran? So, Mm -hmm. look, you can get it from Colony Meadery. You can order it online and they can ship it to you uh, if you're in the 35 states, including PA, not New Jersey or Delaware, or you can do the curbside pickup. Um, Tons of flavors, tons, tons, tons of flavors. Just go to colonymeadery.com. Marty said he wasn't too into, like, super sweet stuff, so I did recommend Mini Mead to him, which is, like, the raspberry blossom one, and I don't Mm -hmm. think it is... um, It's not, like, super sweet, um, all, look, if you want my recommendations, just tweet at me. I'm happy to, to give you my recommendations, too. Go to ColonyMeatery.com. They have all the flavors there. Now, they do have it at like, most Wegmans in eastern PA, and Wegmans does have beer and wine, and that you can purchase um, at the Wegmans. It's the state stores that are inside of the grocery stores that are not open. With That's not
1: what I've heard. I've heard Colony Meteor is the only place to get alcohol in the entire <laughs> state.
0: <laughs> it is the only place to get alcohol. Go to colonymeadery.com um, and use code RICKY for $5 off. Use code RICKY for 5 bucks off. Must be 21 to drink, though if you're in your house. No, no, no. Must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Back to the pod. So next, would you like to go into the mailbag or would you like to finish up the Jigsaw Final Four?
1: Um, How will we do the... First two rounds of the final, of, uh, the final four rounds. Uh, and then keep the last then, one for last. Yeah, I think so.
0: All right. So one thing I want to, a couple of things before we get to the actual questions. First of all, we did mention on the last pod you were going to be able to play on DraftKings. <laughs> and I'd like to thank everyone at DraftKings, from Ethan all the way up to the Ops Department, for considering this for four or five days. Like, this was, like, a discussion for a lot. Um, they decided not to carry it. And the reason was, I hope I'm not, I think this makes a lot of sense. They're like, well, isn't the entire outcome decided by one person?
1: (laughs) One very uh, compromised person.
0: And I was like, that is fair. Like, can you imagine if they were having a bet on, hey, bet whether Joe Smith likes red or blue better. And we'll ask him on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they couldn't do it. But there's Super Bowl
1: the out- prop bets that are decided by one person. Not really. Sure, there are. No. Yeah, like if is are they going to call heads or tails?
0: No, it's are they going to win?
1: I think there's also are they going to, I think there's also other stuff like that.
0: Well, and and remember, all of those prop bets are complete. Are first of all, I I don't know that DraftKings carries all of them. It's sure. a lot of like offshore accounts, sure, sure, sure. and they always limit the the amount you can bet on that to a very low number. Uh, if it can be decided by one, person. isn't there like Some
1: what? Kind of you know, out. sometimes it's like what? What's the first play going to be? Are they going to be like yeah. pass or whatever?
0: Now, I guess the difference is is that in that situation, their actual outcome is affected by that, whereas like this doesn't affect you in the least, really, because you don't
1: actually have to choose these things. Sure, I won't magically shrink 10 inches, I get that.
0: (laughs) So DraftKings has agreed, however, to do basically any kind of pull we want as long as we are not deciding the outcome. (laughs) So we will do that in the coming weeks. So thank you to DraftKings for engaging in our stupidity for... Um, Honestly, the funniest part was I said, hey, let's do this. And the reaction was like, yeah, 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 let's do it. So it took all the way to the final step to not do it. So, all right. So we will do the first two rounds, the semifinals, as it were, of the Jigsaw Final Four. Now, before we do it, I do have to bring up a controversy that a listener brought up. And I I do think he's right. um, And I want to know how this affects what you may have done. Okay. So Joe writes in, Spike, this is directed toward you. I'm one episode behind and just listen to Mike decide between naming his kid after your dad or it turns out you're his father. This isn't fun to talk about, but I believe Mike took the easy way out with the second scenario. There was no guarantee that his mom wasn't still his biological mother. And I think given the question, this should be revisited. I'm trying to phrase this as delicately as possible, but I believe you would both understand the change in the scenario and how it would make this option much worse. Just trying to stay true to the idea of the jigsaw and not allowing a cop-out to avoid the real issue. And I did go back, and you did say toward the end, "Ah, it turns out I'm adopted. I don't think that was the point of the jigsaw. The point of the jigsaw was... It turns out I'm your father, but your mother is still your mother.
1: No, that was never the question. There, there, <laughs> if, if if that's the situation, then it was it was poorly worded, and it was it wasn't. It turns out it doesn't say like. The only way it would turn out in this scenario is for there to be like, hey, you were actually adopted. That's the only no. that's the only way.
0: No, no, no. I, I I would I will agree with you that it wasn't spelled out, but I I would not agree with you that like that's the only option. The option could have been that at one point I I'm sorry, like all due respect, but at one point I slept with with your mother and and she had you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would have had to be how how old are you right now? Uh
0: 43.
1: So you would have been 12 or 13. 13. Possible. I don't think I don't think I don't think it was I don't think it's possible. It would have to be like there was some mix up and the only, that's the only way. I can see. It's it is it is a it was a poorly phrased question, and I was allowed to interpret it. It wasn't like a, a cheat. It wasn't like a get around. It was just. Okay, it I, I do agree with that.
0: Way. I agree with that. Okay. Can I ask you if it turns out that I thirteen year old Spike
1: was was raped by my mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that'd be weird. I guess that'd be a different situation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. On to the semifinals. The first option is you have to name your first child Howard Eskin. The second option is for one year, you fully and totally clog the toilet every time you go.
1: So I've been thinking about this a lot. Mm -hmm. And can you confirm the stakes of the Howard Eskin thing? I don't want there to be any... any, uh... Late mm-hmm. the, You know Monday morning quarterback <laughs> Listener emails Coming in I would have mm-hmm. to call My son or daughter When I I would call Like you know Running around I would be like Howard Right Yes
0: Yeah yeah You can't name them Howard Eskin And then call them Like Skip, like, skip. You know Skip Yeah yeah yeah
1: um, Okay And the clogging the toilet Is for one year Yep And Would I be allowed to Like shit in the woods
0: so i think that is circumventing the the um i think on occasion but i, I don't think the practice can be completely avoiding all
1: of course no of course not yeah. of course not yeah um especially knowing my bowels like i You're, do i yeah. don't i'm not the people that can just, How
0: often are you near the woods, Mike? Very, mean, rarely, very rarely. Very yeah. rarely. <laughs> it would really, it
1: would really require a lot of life changes in, in some respect. Um, but yes, knowing the, the people that can only poop at home, um, I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I envy it. it uh, good for you guys. Um, that's not me. Uh, so it wouldn't be even if I had access to woods at all times, uh, at home. I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to. Uh, do that every time, but it's just a matter of could I get could I get away with some of it, you know Yeah um, But it's only for a year
0: it is only for a year um, I Mean it sounds like probably 700 shits at least maybe a
1: thousand yeah, I would say 700 to a thousand shits I would say that over the year. I would uh, Train myself to be very regular whether that's with uh-huh. some like fiber pills um, and, and avoiding spicy foods and trying, you know, the things that, that irritate my stomach, um, which I still eat now because I enjoy it and then just suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for a year I will, I will choose, uh, clogging the toilet every, Wow, wow, So. I'd also get maybe, good at unclogging a toilet. I'd get very yeah. good and quick at it.
0: Might be a backup career. Uh, Yeah, you never know. And
1: and wouldn't it be nice because I might need one.
0: Quarantine and no quarantine, everybody needs plumbers.
1: You know? Uh, It is tough because Alyssa and I only have one bathroom now, which presents its uh, own problems. Um Mm -hmm. But if if I would buy like a couple really good I would have a system in place. I would buy like some really good plungers. I would have gloves on hand at all times. I would Mm -hmm. have like a, a drop cloth around there so it doesn't spray and everything would, I would really think it through the idea of thinking about your dad every time I looked at my child would be yep. uh, really tough to take um, as I've said before if 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 somehow this is the first time you're listening to the podcast which holy hell what a time to check in um, yep. The people need content yeah you need it um I've hated your dad since I was could could hate anything uh yeah. listening to him on the radio and just the idea of it was a bonding experience between me and my dad is how much we hated listening to your dad on the radio and so the idea of having a child that I presumably love more than anything else in the world and I have to I have to name him after someone that I have never liked even for a little mm-hmm. that that's tough so that's why uh naming my child after your father advances to the finals.
0: So you have to name your kid after Spike's dad moves to the finals. The other finalist, and then I'll announce the listener, um, the listener results as we posted them on Twitter this morning. The other finals, you lose 10 inches off your height or for 10 years, every joke you hear is genuinely the funniest thing you've ever heard.
1: hmm Okay Again I'm a comedy writer That's what I do for a living Um mm-hmm. Being Here Every joke being the funniest thing i ever heard Would be An untenable situation Um yep. It is only for 10 years Which I tend to think As far as like Am I in my, I, th- I don't think I'm in my comedy writer prime yet I don't think I, I hope I'm not there Because if this is the best it gets Then Then I might be in trouble For, for the long term Um so I, I think that I'm on the, on the cusp of hitting, of hitting a prime as far as, as writing and pitching jokes goes. Um, but still 10 years would be tough. But the mm, the losing 10 inches off my height. Now, now that I'm in quarantine and I have a mini basket set up in my living room, um, it is too low, so the 10 inches might help there if this is the only basketball I ever get to play again. And my dad also reached out to say that there was a real possibility that I was only ever five one, and because of mm. um, grandparents and uh, short side of the family, um, my dad is. I'll I'll tell I'll say my dad is five ten and a half, um, and he might get Ooh. angry with 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 that. Although he has shrunk as as he's gotten older. Um, yeah, I was
0: gonna say that it actually seems generous yeah, to me. But he goes
1: down. Yeah. He goes up and down um but he plays bigger on the court he plays he plays Mm -hmm. bigger they he probably plays like he's six two um and uh and so there was a possibility it could have happened and so there there are if we subscribe to other worlds theories and i am listening i am Mm -hmm. watching devs right now so that's very top of mind then there is somebody
0: uh somebody tweeted at me to watch that uh Based on our other worlds conversation from the, the last right. pod.
1: Uh, the last episode of Devs, the most recent episode of Devs, is one of the most intense viewing experiences I've ever had. The last, hmm. Episode seven. it was. I was high, so that could have contributed to it, but it mm-hmm. was across the board just an insane.
0: A lot of high talk lately. Yeah, after why
1: not? After our, uh, what are we doing? We're sitting I, around. I, um, yeah, I did
0: send you the picture of the ghost turtle. I terminal, did.
1: That turtle was ridiculous. So there's a chance that I would have been f- five foot one anyway. So in an alternate uh-huh. timeline, I am. So I will choose losing ten inches off my height and figure it out on the basketball court and use it to my advantage.
0: Wow, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad you chose that because that feels like the right choice. So the finals are set. Every joke for ten years is genuinely the funniest thing you've ever heard. Versus you na- you have to name your first child after my father. Now, should we milk this the, thing?
1: Should we do it? Should we send, do the do the finals in the next one? No, I. It's
0: taken us so long. <laughs> what it's, else are we it's doing? Been like six weeks. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll decide at the end. Okay. I, I will tell you that the from the listeners um, naming your child uh, after Howard Eskin did make the finals, and losing ten inches off your height did make the finals. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Now remember, most people aren't comedy writers. Um,
1: I, I also would say. It, uh, for the funniest joke thing, if every single joke that I heard, even the smallest joke, little half joke, was the funniest thing I ever heard, I would go insane like within like a yeah. week.
0: yeah, maybe right. like it doesn't just affect comedy right Yeah,
1: that would drive everyone? me that I would be like joker level like out of my mind here's
0: Here's what I want to express to people. I want you to think about the funniest, your reaction to the funniest thing you've ever seen. Because the, the funniest thing I've ever heard, I reacted by laughing so much that like I wanted to throw up. Like I, I couldn't breathe anymore, my face hurt. That's the level of laughter we're talking about. And that is really intense. And I've, and mean, I've, I've touched
1: a, on it just from a comedy writer perspective, but that, there is like, that would be an unhealthy level of things. That would be like psychiatrically mm-hmm. like committed.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's get to the mailbag, the 50% basketball mailbag. Remember, if you're going to send us an email, 50% basketball, 50% non-basketball, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Max. Uh, quite an honor for Max. Hi, Spike and Mike and Kristen. I'm ready to thank you for the Ricky, and I want to share some possibly exciting but mostly weird news, though you've set the bar for what is... Uh, weird pretty high over the years. I'm a dedicated Ricky listener. I listened to the very first episode of The Rookie while on a bolt bus from DC to New York, taking a weekend trip to get some space after being dumped. OK, we only went on a couple of dates, but I was young and I didn't have many romantic partners. So to me, that felt like getting dumped. I had followed Mike's writing on Liberty Ballers throughout college and I knew the Eskin name from WIP. I was immediately hooked. I moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan uh, after college to start my PhD in economics at the University of Michigan. While getting to Ricky events was more difficult, I still made it to a few lottery parties, and I did sign the Markel Foltz Get Well Soon card at Underground Arts. I've never missed an episode of the podcast aside from Spike reading iTunes reviews. (laughs) Much has changed in my life over the last several years. Graduate school has been incredibly stressful at times, but listening to your podcast every week and now twice a week has become a constant, and I am so grateful for that. I recently defended my dissertation, which focuses on evaluating public policies and child welfare education and employment programs, and I am thrilled to move back to Philadelphia later this summer. For what I suspect is the first time in Ricky history, I am proud to share with you that as of now, the name is and forever will be said in the dissertation archives of the University of Michigan. Wow. Check out the acknowledgment section of my dissertation, which he did attach, so thank you both from the bottom of my heart for all the happiness, frustration, and joy that you've brought uh, to my earpods over the years. And uh, like you said, the title of the dissertation is "Advancing the Opportunities of Undeserved Students: Lessons from Child Welfare, Education, and the Labor Market." Under,
1: un, underserved, not undeserved. Underserved. That would be uh, different. Right. That'd be different.
0: <laughs> oh, I said undeserved. <laughs> yes, underserved. Yes, I'm sorry. And um, the from the acknowledgement section. A variety of outlets have provided much-needed relief from the stressors of graduate school, which in turn has made my research stronger, yet none was important as the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Spike Eskin and Michael Levin's podcast and my subsequent conversations about it with Tim Parisi have been a constant source of happiness in my life since the process began several de- decades ago. And
1: even getting a, a very esoteric joke that the process began several decades ago into there is impressive. Yes.
0: Uh, incredible. So thank you, Max. Our first mention in a dissertation, as far as I know, a, a PhD-level dissertation. So we will, we will post that on the uh, Ricky Instagram. Thank you, Max. He says, I end with one basketball and one non-basketball question. Basketball. Assuming Brett gets fired this offseason, leaving Joel as the only remaining Hinky-era member of the organization, can you revisit the ship of Theseus metaphor? Is it still the process?
1: They have done such impressive work trying to destroy this fucking ship mm-hmm. just
0: should we very quickly go back to what this is just for a second yeah, do it up. because so we had sean carroll who is a uh a theoretical physicist on the podcast and from philadelphia and a sixers fan on the pod i think three years ago during this summer. you wouldn't be surprised to
1: know it was an off-season podcast
0: yeah, but it was cool. And our off-season podcasts are much like these. So we had Sean on, and I was reading his book, and he talked about the ship of Theseus, which is a thought experiment that basically talks about a ship, a boat. And you rep- one by one, you replace every part on that boat. At what point does it stop becoming the original boat? Like at what point is it still Theseus's ship? And we asked Sean about that regarding the Sixers team. At what point would this stop being our team? And I believe at the time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, or some listener, even Max, I believe at the time we said Embiid. As long as Embiid was there, then it was still this team. Mm -hmm. What do you say now?
1: I I mean... I agree. I think the the like most important parts of the boat are still the boat that we took off mm-hmm. on, and and even though like you change the you shut you know shuffle the deck chairs and you you know get new siding and you change a couple and you know refurbish a couple things and sometimes you make it worse, sometimes you make it a lot worse. Uh, sometimes you change the captain, and the captain is actually like a, you know eight captains, and they're all like making the same decision, but in wrong ways. Um, I do th- I do think it's still the process, even if Brett's not there. I I would say I would say there's a version of it that is a that is pivoting when it's not Embiid and Simmons, because I still count Simmons as part of it. Um, there's actually an article that I think it was Derek that wrote in the in the Athletic about. What if the Sixers drafted Porzingis over Okafor, uh, which we wanted yep. them to do at the time, um, and uh, it, there's a world where Porzingis as a rookie was #hashtag too good, and the Sixers didn't get Simmons. So I, I, I think Simmons is better than Porzingis. Although if, if it was Embiid and Porzingis plus Hinkie, maybe that'd be a different story. Um, mm-hmm anyway so I still think it's as long as it's Embiid and Simmons I think it's I think it's us um if it's Embiid and like Jamal Murray then I don't think it's the process anymore you know what I mean does that make sense like I think I can't just be Embiid but if but if it's Embiid and Simmons which I think it is um and (laughs) Corkmaz no um Then I, then I still think that as long as we're here and Embiid and Simmons are here, I think it's, I think we're still, we're still in the process era, even if it's the like, you know, um, decaying process era or the like, you know, uh, just before the final collapse, last gasp. Can I ask
0: an insane question, but though predictable question? I can't even believe I'm saying this, but we're an hour into this podcast, and they haven't played basketball in five weeks so if you're still here, this is not surprising <laughs> to, you. to what extent like does it matter that we are still here
1: interesting um
0: this whole thing not just us but when I say us, I mean we as like like the the community that because it's this isn't sixers fans per se there are many 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 sixers fans that have nothing to do with all of, yeah, of this course. so so at at what point does this become like a significant portion of because what i would say is on on some level and i'm one too, i've i've felt more separation from the team than than you have certainly over the last few years as they've gotten rid of more and more people like it's been harder i would i would say for me to latch on to the new people um like because what I would say is, if they win a championship, even if they trade Embiid for something else, we would still take credit because we would say that the only reason they got those players is because of the original thing. Of course.
1: So I don't think it's so the same shit, though, if that's the case. I think that we can yeah. say, like, contextually, like, this led to this, which led to this, blah, blah, blah. But I, I also, I think that the, the spirit of the question of, like, are we doing it with our guys? And mm-hmm. I think in this, in as far as like who's still on the team, I would count our guys from the onset as Simmons, Simmons, and Embiid. Uh, I, I would, I'll give you Corkmaz. I might even give you like Mike Scott has worked his way into process Lord, despite the fact that he got here way after. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think as long as it's Embiid and Simmons, it's still, it's still the same ship.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, I would really only say Embiid, to be honest with you. Um, I would say Embiid, you know. Um, so the answer is yes, but hanging on by a thread. I think that's what it is. I think,
1: think on our, our job, or whatever we're doing here, and along with the people that are, like, you know, on board, uh, is, like, you know, holding them to account. And, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the dumbest version of speaking truth to power is and being like, hey, remember why we fucking why we're here in the first place and what we expect. Not just like you can't just I mean, they have, but you you can't fully fuck up everything and, and get rid of the, you know, go back to the Ed Stefanski fucking push hard for that seven seed years because that, that's not good enough. That's not what we want. We want a championship.
0: So uh, Max's non-basketball question is uh, you've had a billboard outlets uh, written on in the Sixers practice facility and weddings all carry out the Ricky lore. Uh, and now a PhD dissertation says the name. I Now I, I read this question in advance so I have my own idea. What would you like to see next uh, and at this point would anything surprise? Funeral. Me? So when you say funeral, mentioned in the eulogy?
1: Buried in a Ricky shirt.
0: Oh, but that already happened. It did? uh, uh, God bless his soul, AU's dad was buried in a lottery party shirt. Oh, my God.
1: Yes. I forgot about that shit. That's really That's why we
0: brought back the lottery party shirt. Uh, Like That's why we brought back the names on the back shirt. Now, to be clear, and AU was very clear about this, his dad was not some enormous Ricky fan, that <laughs> so doesn't aware. count. <laughs> yeah, but but Sixers was a bonding
1: thing between them, and he was buried. That's right, in of course. Pressure. I remember that. So. That was yeah, it's very touching. Okay, I didn't have time to think about this. You go, you do yours.
0: Yeah. Uh, so mine is is actually sort of connected. Um, uh, first, nothing would surprise me. Uh, th- let's put it this way: I am always amused, but never surprised. I always like it, but I'm never surprised. I want to be named, not that anybody has to leave us money. They could leave it to charity or something. I want to be named in a oh, will. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I want to be named. I want to have to be... You know how on TV when they um, when they say what was in the will, they like have to bring everybody Everybody's together it, yeah. in the
1: same room? Yeah, that happens in Knives <laughs> Out.
0: I want to be called.
1: I want to get an email. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs>
0: they have to be somewhere on a Thursday at two o'clock <laughs> to- to be there, the reason to fly will. home.
1: Everyone's like waiting <laughs> for me to arrive. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll so I'll, I'll jump on with that. That sounds nice. Okay,
0: all right. Um, and uh, and a rest in peace to AU's um, to AU's dad. Um, genuinely, like what a. I've been to a lot of funerals, but the one for AU's dad was was certainly like, boy, they fucking love that dude. Um, and hearing the way everybody talked about him was, it, it's sort of like, I think I mentioned this at the time. It made me want to be a better person so I could be remembered in the way that his dad was. Um, this comes from Tristan, which player, um, this is the basketball question, which player should Brett lock down with in order to have the biggest impact on the Sixers team success whenever basketball is back? And he says, it can't be Ben or Joel. They're road tripping and or gaming.
1: Um, there's a couple interesting here. I mean, like, there's there's the argument for, like, Tobias, so he figures things out, and, and because he's, you know, he's getting paid as much as he is, so he's as important, mm-hmm. but I think kind of Tobias is, is locked in and is who he is and will continue to get Agreed. minimally better incrementally. Um, I
0: wonder if we're going to wind up on the same person.
1: I'm going to say shake. Oh, and what's he going to tell him? He's going to apologize every fucking day for not playing his ass.
0: Nah, I disagree with that, but that's that's fine.
1: And but and just I'm, I'm like not, you know, because I think Shake is excellent and on a <laughs> very team friendly contract, and if Shake can be the guy that he has been the past, uh, what, what even is time at this point? But you know, twenty games, fifteen games, then I think the Sixers are in excellent shape, and so Brett needs to commit to, you know, Shake being Shake.
0: Uh, so I would take Thybul. Because I think a lot of what he does is decision-making, especially defensively. And I feel like if Brett was locked down with him and could show him, concentrate on him and show him enough tape, um, he could make him better, Yeah. Um, especially for a playoff run. And, so, and for Brett's I, happiness, I'd probably much say. much he could do with Shake.
1: Right. I hear that. Yeah. I just, yeah. Zaire also, he could, you know, get some of those lost years back for the guy. Um, and I think for Brett's happiness, probably Mike Scott.
0: The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Mike, I ask you this: mm. Um, where does LL stand in if you had to be, you know, locked in a home with somebody for weeks on end? Where would LL fit in the rankings there of Rights Ricky Sanchez, like sort of sponsors
1: of the sponsors? Yeah, Taiwan. Yeah. What's that? Tie to one.
0: A tie at one with everyone? Tie it one. You're not gonna, what do you not think, gonna discriminate. What do you think he would be like as an everyday at home type guy? Can't well, leave that. I
1: mean LL I think LL is a um, Oh, it's early for me. <laughs> I think LL is a What kind um, of word are
0: you looking for? I can help you.
1: No, the word is what I'm the words are what I'm best at. uh mm-hmm. Um Hmm. When you like an uh, extrovert, that's it. And yeah, um, I think that he when he's out, when we see him out, he's like doing the out thing. But even extroverts still need to like wind down. And I really mm-hmm. wonder what like LL off is like. Is there just yes. like a button? Like is I've, he just I've, like sitting sitting straight?
0: That that's actually a really good point because I've never seen him off, and it actually sort of reminds me of. Uh, You know, some of the people, I get to see every one of the WIP people off, like what they're like when they're not on the radio. Um, Some of them are exactly the same, and some of them are really, really different, like when they're toned down. I would love to see an off LL. Is he ever off? Is there a time at home where he's off, or is he just trying to sell his wife jewelry? You know? (laughs) Is he he continually talking about Rashawn Holmes? I don't know. So. The the store isn't open. LL's been in business 32 years, sold. um, Even if you spread the 172 rights to Ricky Sanchez engagement rings over the 32 years, it is a pretty good number, I think, even if you were to spread it out over that entire time. Um, And he's here to help you even if... Uh, you're in your house and you can't come into the store. If you go to llpavorsky.com, or if you just send him an email or shoot him a tweet, um, he will take care of you and, uh, you don't need to be there. He can ship it to you. He has shipped, he shipped some of the auction items like immediately from the, uh, from the zoomathon. Good dude. Uh, and find out, see the call him so many times, see if you can get him in an off moment. Um, don't call the store, just send them an email at LLpavorsky.com or send them a tweet at Pavorsky. Always supporting our charities, Coded by Kids and the Providence
1: Animal Center. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. You can take off your jewelry, but you can never take off L.L.
0: <laughs> Back to
1: the Ricky. Uh, and
0: non-basketball question, um, and I haven't thought of this actually. Who, uh, this is a good one for you, even though you don't like talking about um, basketball with uh, or, or um TV with uh, with me or anybody who isn't working in TV. Who is your favorite comedy character comedy character duo, as in the two characters from a TV series or movie that have the best comedy chemistry? Um, for me, right now, it's Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy.
1: Donaghy. That's thirty. Rock. Donaghy. That's thirty. Rock. So, you,
0: um, so what do you think? Do you have uh, a, a favorite comedy character duo?
1: Yeah, Liz and Jack are very good. Um, Ron and Leslie from 30 Rock, or from uh, Parks and Rec are very good. Um, uh, I weirdly, mm, I really do like The Office, but I, I would hesitate to, to brand any of them like a duo. Uh, well,
0: so I was thinking of that. To me, it was Jim and Dwight. Is the com- They're the ones that play off each other comedically, I think, the most, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, Even though his relationship is with Pam, it feels like most of the comedy comes from what he does to Dwight.
1: I think that's – there's been obviously highs there, but I think the pranks get pretty old as the series goes on for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I probably wouldn't say that. I might even say like Michael and Jim because I think it's a – I I really like Steve Carell a lot. Um, Huh. I'm trying to think of other duos that would be like described as such. What do you think?
0: Well, I, you know, I, uh, I'm not a big comedy movie type guy, though. I do think um, like the obvious ones, like Step Brothers, is great, and I do. Th- there's a movie called Role Models that people don't like. That's great. Uh, that that great isn't movie. quite as popular, but like Paul Rudd and the kid is. Really, very funny, mm-hmm. you know. Like they're not like a non-traditional uh, sort of like duo. Um, and then there are the classic ones. There is, you know, you know, this is obviously before your 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 uh, your watch in uh, in your normal lifetime. But uh, Cliff and Norm in Cheers was pretty excellent. Um, and then what is the other uh, TV comedy that I like the most? Oh, and then the Seinfeld ones are like, pretty unmatched. Yeah, it's and tough. And I think you would have I, to say I, it is tough, Jerry though. and George is great.
1: Yeah, I guess Jerry and George would be the number one there. I think, like...
0: George and uh, Jerry and Elaine is also very good, but not quite as funny as Jerry and George, I don't Like,
1: think. in 30 Rock, Liz and Jack are... Like, they are the heart of the show, I would say. And, like, it's mm-hmm. clear that this is the duo. I, I hesitate to just, like, sort of carve up an ensemble. Like, if I was doing, like... <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, or whatever, like as a show I worked on, I wouldn't do like it'd be weird to just carve out like here's like you know Ted Marshall like it'd be because they're right. it's the whole the whole show, um, so I think it is tough to separate it. There's probably more that I'm thinking of, but I will I will say I'll, I'll probably say Ron and Leslie, just because of the the heart at the center of it and the the how they both approach comedy on such different levels. Um, and the episode that I don't remember the name, but the episode where they're both locked in together when they start off pissed off and end like, uh, like back on with each other. It was a really nice episode. And so I would say Ron and Leslie.
0: Uh, and I would say another one that, that spanned a, a couple of movies and obviously television was like Farley and Spade. Sure. Was a... Wasn't the
1: question TV t- though?
0: Fucking... Uh, it was TV and movies. Oh, I only saw TV. He, said, he he just said comedy duo. He said TV and movies. Um... All right. Uh, let's say this is from Tom. Um, oh, you know what? I just let's do the Colangelo stories because I said I would do them, and then we'll decide whether you're going to do the uh, the final four. So this comes from Devon. Um, Spike Mike, a little Colangelo nugget in a sports class I'm taking and have to share. A guest speaker was talking about leadership and decision-making, saying he had an example with Jerry Colangelo. Before my, before I could roll my eyes and tune him out, he started into this satisfying story. The speaker came to a team. And by the way, he was worried that like somebody might be able to identify who this person is. It's impossible to identify who this person is with the number of teams Colangelo has been involved with um, and the amount of time. So the speaker came to a team that Jerry Colangelo had run slash owned slash worked for at one point in time. The speaker said his new role uh, with the attitude that, quote, Jerry knows what he's doing, they, the employees in the front office, may, must be okay. He gradually realized that many of those positions were so poorly filled with people grossly misassigned or just not up to the task. At the end of the year, all of these people were gone, even the team president. A direct quote from my professor, I may have not been right about all 18 people I changed out, but I was definitely right about 15, 16, or 17. He then proceeds to shred the previous regime and uses the words like, quote, shameful and institutional incompetence. Um, That is all. Hope you're staying safe and sane. Thank you for all the great years of the pod.
1: So the idea was that he instituted, he just, uh, like, personnel his policy and he just hired a bunch of bad people?
0: That the guy came in and and nearly all of the uh, front office that Jerry that Jerry Colangelo had hired was not was not to task. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from Bob, and this sounds, man, let me tell you something. Every once in a while we get an email or something, you read something, and you can see it happening in real life. And there is zero doubt in my mind this happened. And it is, there's not a huge punchline, but it is very Brian Colangelo. I can't believe I've never told this story, but I have a Brian Colangelo sighting here down in Nashville. It was the first round of the NCAA tourney in 2018. Texas was here, so I guess he was looking at Mobamba. There might have been a few other draftable players here, but in any event, I was in line to go to Thursday games, and I was literally in line right next to Brian Colangelo. He had on a suit, a ridiculously large collared shirt, fancy shoes, Italian I'm sure, and I'm looking at him knowing I know I know this guy. It finally hits me, and I say, hey, are you Brian Colangelo? And he turns around and looks all skittish, Hardly makes eye contact. I'm 49 years old, fit, well-dressed. It's not like I'm some raving lunatic. Well, fit. I sort of am, but not, but not by my appearance. I have
1: you know I am pretty hot.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he sort of nods at me and says yes, but not making eye contact. I guess he thinks if the crowd starts realizing that the Brian Colangelo is in line, he will just be mobbed. What an egotistical dick. So anyway, I tell him I'm the biggest Sixers fan in Nashville, and he is just not engaging with me. Then I give him some false encouragement, tell him that I think it's all going to work out, and I tell him how much I like Brett and admire him as a man and a leader, and he just won't engage. What a dickhead. How hard is it to be nice? The line was super short at the entrance we were going into was as well. At most, he was going to have to talk to me for 60 seconds. How hard would it have been to say something like, I really appreciate the support, hope to bring you a championship soon, or make some sort of comment about who he was excited to see. But no, that would have been beneath him. What an asshole. (laughs) Um, It did remind me of the Josh Harris story. um, Yeah. That when Josh Harris wouldn't admit to being Josh Harris. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to argue that, um, Tobias Harris is not overpaid. Uh, so here we are, we coming to the end of the podcast. Um, and I ask you, do we do the finals of the jigsaw right now
1: or do we wait to the next? I think hold, we got time, we got time to fill. I want to sit with it. I don't know what I'm going to pick genuinely. Um, so
0: That's what would have happened, by the way. It's not like they play the final game on don't. the same night as the Final they Four. They truly don't. Yeah.
1: And by the way, that story, the, the only thing that I was thinking of the whole time is how sad I am that there's not a tournament. Just imagining like Brian Calangelo checking in for you know a full day of basketball and there being prospects to look at. It's very sad, I'm still sad.
0: Um, one thing I was supposed to ask you at the end of uh, Wednesday's pod that I didn't, and I threw the song in there, but it doesn't have to be permanent, is that we finally got the final, uh, addition to the, um, Tony T EP, a, a track by Jaron Olevsky, who is Amos Lee's uh, musical director, which features Tony T on the guitar solo toward the end. Amos has requested that this be the goodbye song to all of our podcasts. <laughs> um, obviously the, the, the intro song is we was right, but he requests that, uh, Jaron's cover of You Don't Fuck With Me, I Don't Fuck With You be the this, the pod ending song.
1: Do you approve? I mean, what Amos says goes. I think is pretty clear.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I will say that the, of the Tony T V P that I paid for, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I saw. And, and have been listening to, the one that's been stuck in my head the most is uh, Eliza's. Eliza Hardy Jones. I really enjoyed it a lot. We should,
0: she's never been on the pod. I feel like we should, Maybe talk to her about doing that. She's done two enormous pod songs, and she's never been on.
1: Yeah, elusive.
0: Uh, I, yeah, very elusive. I would say uh, I do love all
1: of them. Oh, they're all very cool. I I'm love very all, different.
0: All the work put into. And I'll I'll say this as well. Between KOC and the Tony T cover, I was watching Matt from Mountjoy Joy did a like a, a live thing on Instagram with Consequence of Sound, and. He's fucking great. Matt from Mountjoy. Joy, Mount jo- Joy's fucking great. Uh, and Matt is great. Yeah. It's amazing that we got so many actual, real, um, <laughs> legitimate musicians to do this. Uh, all right, so what Amos says goes, so we will end with that. The final four, or the final match of the Jigsaw will be Wednesday night. Um, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like face.
1: If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you.
0: If you don't fuck with me,
1: then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I I won't won't fuck with you. you. If you don't fuck with me, then Then I I won't won't fuck fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you!